The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream, where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream, here on Unity Online Radio. And today's show is called Dreaming Heaven, and it might not be exactly what you think it's going to be. Today's show is going to be filled with some mystery and magic, and we're actually live in Mexico, in Teotihuacan, Mexico. Teotihuacan means the place where men become gods, and I like to say the place where women become goddesses. We can become gods, too. The place where humans awaken to their divine potential. That voice that you just heard was Emily Greaves, and let me tell you a little bit about her. I'm sitting here, by the way, with Nancy T. Say hi, Nancy. Hello, Nance. <laughs> oh my heavens! Here we are. I'm already getting hot. It's cold in here, but I'm getting. I'm warming up, and this I think is making all kinds of scratchy sounds. So, okay, everybody, cover your ears. Okay, good. Sorry about that. <laughs> so Nancy is with me today because both of us are Emily Greaves groupies, and we traveled the whole world over to sit here with her in her place in Teotihuacan, Mexico. Let me tell you a little bit about her. So besides being an amazing artist, she has spent her life on borders, living between cultures, between countries, between languages, between races, between religions, and on the edge of all things. And I like what Reverend Michael Beckwith says, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. So she truly is a woman who walks between worlds. Soon after moving to Mexico in 2004, and she was an artist in residence, and she'll talk a little bit about that, she met and married an awesome dude. She, um, let's see, this was back in, I'm sorry, soon after moving to Mexico in 2004 and marrying into a village at the edge of the 2,000-year-old pyramids of Teotihuacan, she discovered the mystery of Our Lady Guadalupe. We're going to talk about that in another show. But you are going to be blown away by this woman. Emily is so amazing. She is not just an incredible painter, but an incredible speaker, human. She picked up Spanish so fast, living here for like a month, and she was like fluent. She is la gringa extraordinaria, and we're so inspired by her. But we're going to talk about the mystery of Teotihuacan. So welcome to Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. Emily Greaves, thank you so much for letting us be in your space. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be here with you and to be on the show with all of 
your amazing followers. So I'm really honored to, and excited to be here. And I think that's the first time I've been called the gringa extraordinaria. Usually it's just la gringa. La gringa. <laughs> Not in the most positive way. So I like how you made it la extraordinaria. Extraordinaria. <laughs> yeah, no one can compare. Oh, my heaven. So let's take us back to the very beginning. I know when I first met you, the Guadalupe painting in the in the little shrine area had just gone up. It was new. And I was like, wow, who is this woman? You were this young little thing and you still are. But, but tell us about how, how it came to be and like bring us a little bit up to date and then we'll get into the mystery of it. So my relationship with Guadalupe is actually pretty, pretty old in my life. Um, but what, it's kind of a long story, but let me get to that. Do, you have, do we have time to dive into it? <laughs> well, yeah, let's, okay. do, let's do the Because what scene. Here's what happened. Yes, here's what happened. You I fell was, in love. I, no, well, before that, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, I saw a call for art on Craigslist, because, you know, Craigslist is kind of a thing in the United States. At least it was back then. I don't know yeah, if it still it's is. still kind of busy. Um, and it, the call was put out by... Uh, shamanic bookstore that was opening up in Berkeley, California at the time. And so I took my art over to show them and it was a fit. And I just befriended the people, the owners of the bookshop. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, it was called the shaman store. Um, but amazing place. And I befriended the owners and would check in occasionally on the paintings. It was most, I don't, I never sold anything, but it was just like great decoration and the whole vibe of the place was really cool. And um, I would go and buy books, and I bought my first book about the version of Guadalupe there, which is called The Aztec Virgin by John Minney. It's out of print, unfortunately. <laughs> so you can still find it on, like, eBay, I think. But now you're going to have to write your version of the yeah. book. You have to. Yeah, yeah. it's in the works. <laughs> it's is in the it works. Really? It is in oh, the works. Oh, thank you, God. Yeah. Nancy and I were like, we're going to have to make her, like, tie her down yeah, and no, make her write, it's write in the works. book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so one day I walked into the shop just to chat and visit with, with the owners, and they told me that they were going to Teotihuacan the following week. And I had never heard of the place, but something about the sound of that name just called into the depths of my cellular memory, and I said, you're going where? Oh. And I even for a second contemplated, could I go that following week? I couldn't. <laughs> I ended up having to save my money for a year and a half. But I did eventually go with Heather Ash Amara. Oh, wow. Heather Ash. Yeah. Heather Ash, she's been on the show. Yeah. So I, I went with Heather Ash Amara because she had, at that time, her Toltec Center for Creative Intent in Berkeley. So I took some classes there. And, um, and I came down here in July of 2004 and had a life-changing, life-altering experience and in a particular temple here in the pyramids, which, which is the Palace of the Butterflies or of Quetzalcoatl, I had a vision of the Virgin of Guadalupe oh, appearing between the columns. And it was a fascinating experience because we were in this deep dream state of dreaming and Lee McCormick was um, a co-leading the trip with Heather Ash. When you say a deep state of dreaming. Okay. Define what you mean by that. So, most people think that that's like when you're asleep and you're dreaming. No, yeah, active dreaming. Um, like meditation, but a deeper, like, um, a deeper, like, trance state where you're not trying to control it. It's like 
you're in connection with every cell and atom and molecule around you because it's all light. And there's a state in which you become those molecules of light. Most people so would imagine no that you have to achieve that by drugs. And so many people have said, oh, so do you do drugs here? I say, no. not necessary, redundant. Yeah, and this it's place. a practice. It yes. can, t- you know, it takes some practice. And some people are naturals, the natural dreamers, and others really have to work more on other mm, techniques like stalking (laughs) um, to kind of deal with the ways in which, let's call stalking a way in which you stalk the own processes of your mind so that you can identify the ways in which our mental programs and patterns and how it's get in the way of us being able to dream. It's not Glenn yeah. Close. It's not something that we need to worry about. It's not about. Glenn Close okay. yeah. fatal attraction. Right. Yeah, no, no. It's it's like you imagine like a jet the way a jaguar stalks a prey. Yeah. That's how we can stalk our own limiting beliefs and our the own ways in which our mind has been programmed to limit us. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then you pounce and unravel and discover deeper mm-hmm. things beneath you. Like a jaguar. Yeah, like a the jaguar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, That's jaguar. In but in, yeah, in any case, in, the, in this moment, I was dreaming. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, Lee McCormick was standing in this one portal on one side of the palace um, that kind of opens out to the landscape and the hills beyond. And he said at one point, as he was guiding us, he said, when I step to the side, whatever you see here is your true spiritual essence. And he stepped aside, and I saw the Virgin of Guadalupe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so it was like her calling to me, saying, like, you are part of me. You are my daughter. I am your mother. Mm. We are inseparable. And so that led me upon the completely life-changing events that followed, which were the, the dreaming house at that point in time, which it belongs to my now in-laws and which I help manage, um, was a rich spiritual retreat center here in Teotihuacan, was just beginning to be developed. I was here during this and, time when it was mostly And Lee dirt said, and- well, why, I'm, bringing, I'm coming down again with Heather Ash in three months. Why don't you come back down? And paint some murals over at the Dreaming House. And I was like, what? You know, right. And, um, but after I finished the journey, yeah, well, yeah, it it came about because we went on that same trip over to what is now the Dreaming House to a fiesta. And I met my now father-in-law, Alberto, who is a sculptor of beautiful obsidian sculptures. And it was a large group. There were like 40 people. And I sort of hung back. I was kind of in my introverted self and and didn't approach Alberto until the end of the evening. But the whole time on the land, I felt so at home here. I just felt like this feels like home. And I approached Alberto and looked at his sculptures and I said, oh, I really like your art. I'm an artist, I'm a painter. And for me to say that, like to actually truly claim my identity, because at the time I was working as a legal assistant in commercial real estate. Wow. On the 49th floor of the Bank of America building in San Francisco. Holy, holy. (laughs) Yeah, so something in me said, I'm a painter. And that claiming of my identity literally changed my life because Alberto looked up at me and he said, oh, you can paint the mural. 
<laughs> and he turned like to Lee and done. said, she can paint the mural. And they're all looking at me saying, you can paint the mural. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> and it was actually a mural that I never ended up painting because it was for a structure that they never ended up building. But it planted the seed <laughs> because the mural I painted then became something different. So after that journey ended, I went into Mexico City to the Basilica of Guadalupe because I had that mission, like, I must visit my mother. Yes. And um, had a profound experience there. And by the time I got back home, it was like, I walked into my apartment in Oakland. It was like, who lives here? Who is this? I was a different person. It was like walking into a stranger's house. And so... And you were only gone for like, what, a week? or I was gone all total two weeks. Two weeks. Oh yeah. Gosh. And that was no longer home. It was no longer home. I mean, it was like I could watch my habits. And like, I, I remember watching my hand move to my toothbrush and like put toothpaste on it. I was like, this habitual thing that you never think about, right? Right. And I was like watching it going like, whose habit is that? <gasps> whose pattern is that to do these actions without even thinking? Wow. You know, yeah. so it was really, you know, so much cleared out from being here in Teotihuacan and interacting with the energies and the energies of dreaming in particular. Because <sighs> you start waking up in your waking dream and you start noticing all these habits and patterns that you've never even so much paid attention to so it was a huge awakening so before we go into the rest i just want to bookmark a couple of beautiful things that you just that you just shared because i'm always looking for formulas like Mm -hmm. what does it take because everyone who's listening if they're not already probably already are living their dream living their magical life then they want to know how to right one of the things i think is to be attuned to the signs Uh ding dong Oh, so, speaking of signs. So when someone said Teotihuacan and you perked up, uh-huh. you didn't just go, that's weird, whatever. You were like, what is that? Tell me more. And even though you didn't go right then, you made a mental note of that. I just was revisiting Cheryl Strait's book, Wild, and how she talks about having to dig her car out of the snow in Minnesota and having to go to REI. And she sees this book on the Pacific Crest Trail and the book like became multicolored and like off the shelf. And she's like, what's the Pacific Crest Trail? And then she went, put the book on the shelf and walked away and went home, but it left an impact. And then she came back and bought it. So in a way you heard about Teotihuacan, didn't do anything at that moment, but you allowed the message to percolate. And then you did take action. Then you did show up. So that's the second piece. And then you also claimed who you are as as like you're the truth of your being, but also an aspirational version of yourself. I am an artist. So yeah, following my (laughs) blueprint so far, how to be Emily Greaves, part one, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But when you too, there's Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you are here and you're in Teotihuacan. Oh no, you're back in Berkeley. I'm back in in, in the Bay area. And So I thought, well, I really need to consider this bizarre invitation to return now, time had passed, so less than three months later, and like basically move here. I mean, it's a really limited sort of time slot. And so I thought the only way, the only thing I could do is pray to the Virgin of Guadalupe. And so I remember I went out into the redwoods and to the forest, and I just prayed. And I asked the question pretty clearly. I said, Mother am I supposed to move to Mexico and paint murals? And it was so clear. I got, yes. I mean, it was like, yes. 
And so I was like, it was like I received a mandate. And so I don't know, like when you receive a mandate, you can't be wishy-washy about it. You can't be like, no, I'll do that next year. It was like a very specific door opened and I had to walk through or my life would fall completely out of alignment. It felt like, I mean, it was so clear to me. So I was like, oh my God, like, so now I have to follow through on this mandate. I started, I like quit my job, my corporate job. I got rid of my apartment, all my worldly possessions. I invited, I opened my house and invited everyone I knew and prepared margaritas and said, buy whatever you want. Wow. Just put the money in a box there. You can pay what you think it's worth. <laughs> wow. And then I had this problem. I had a brand spanking new car that I would bought nine months previously on like five-year credit. And of course, you know how a car devalues as soon as you drive yes. it off the lot. So what I owed was more than what it was now worth. And I, w- I was like, how am I going to resolve this problem? I had two weeks left before I was coming down here. And I just prayed and prayed. And she said to me, to the mother, Guadalupe, she said to me, when you were a little girl and you were going to go on a trip, did you worry about any of the logistics? No, you let your mother and your father take care of everything and you just showed up on the day it was time to go. And I was like, okay. So I gave it all up and magically, the very next day, I got an email from an acquaintance who I hadn't talked to in quite a while who'd heard through the grapevine that I wanted to find some deal with my car. He said, would you be willing to pass the monthly payments over to me? (laughs) He was like selling real estate and had an old car, bad credit, and was renting cars for insane amounts of money. He needed to show up like in a nice car. And so it worked perfectly, even had the same insurance company as me. So it was like this smooth... And so it was like everything was cleared out of the way magically, (laughs) thanks to the mother. But it really had to do with like surrendering. It was just like stop worrying about how everything's going to work out and just let it work out. See, you were open. I was open open enough to hear that you were open enough to recognize there was a mandate to to notice that you felt the tingles when you heard the word Teo Teo Khan. To to, for all of these moments, Mm -hmm. you were open. And, and you let yourself be guided. Yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful moment in your life that not everybody gets to experience or yeah. recognize or yeah. they take it. Or they just don't take it. They're, the fear can take so much. Oh, it was fear. I call it graduate school and faith. Yeah. <laughs> because wow. there, I had so much fear, but it was just like to keep pushing the, recognizing the fear, opening my eyes to it and being with it, being with it, not, not letting it overwhelm or consume me. Cause I mean, it was very because overwhelming. It seems, it's like, could just seem crazy. Don't, yeah. don't live there. That's a foreign country. Right. Yeah. I had no what idea what do for money. I didn't even really know. I never hear you get killed. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I got a lot of that's that. That's what I hear when yeah. I come to visit. <laughs> I got a lot of that. Right. And, so um, journey. so the so fear, perfect. I mean, people were just like, up in my face with a fear, but I just kept focusing on the message that she'd given me, the several messages she'd given me, especially that last one, and just kept walking forward. I didn't even know what was going to happen after I participated in that six-day journey or where I was going to stay or anything, and it all worked out. They took me to the dreaming house, and they're like, paint whatever you want, wherever you want, like an artist's dream, right? Like a whole building everywhere yeah and then they said they had this figure the sculpture of the virgin of mount carmel la virgen del carmen 
And they're like, we're going to put her in here. This will be a meeting room. Why don't you paint some clouds behind or something? And I'm looking at this big, huge white wall, just sitting in front of it, dreaming into it, the possibilities and all that Mm. void. Mm. And the Virgin of Guadalupe spoke to me again and said, you have to paint the vision you had of me on this wall. Oh, Remember that vision I had in the yeah, yeah. Palace of the Butterflies of oh, Quetzalcoatl? I, I didn't uh, know that and when you painted that, that that was... That yeah, was, it was another that. mandate. And it was, again, oh. so clear. It was so like it wasn't the second... Carmel. It was It was the Virgin of Guadalupe. Because the, the, the figure of the Virgin of Mount Carmel is now in a completely separate chapel they built just for her. Wow. Um, which is really special, too. But it was like this double mandate. One, move to Mexico. Two, paint the vision on the wall. And it took me a year. <laughs> well, yeah. So are there? So I know people are listening. They're going to want to see this. Okay. They might need to just come to Teotihuacan, and they can come on a journey that I lead, that that Emily leads, that Heather Ash leads, that Lee McCormick. We have to give big old props right now to Lee Richard McCormick, Ginny Gentry, Frank. Francis Rico Hayhurst. He's got uh-huh, so yeah. many names. <laughs> but they are the ones who got me here. So I just want to give uh-huh. them props and shouts out to them. Yeah, and but, shout out to Heather Ash. And to Heather got Ash. Me here. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So there's many ways that you can take a tour, take a journey to Teotihuacan. Um, so you can come and see it yourself. But if you wanted to see it up, is, uh, do you have pictures of it on Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. On your and website? I can share one that you can share directly with your people if you want. Okay, but let's give them your website in the okay. best place. So it's Emily Greaves. EmilyKGreavesArt.com. Can you spell Greaves for them? Um, G-R-I-E-V-E-S. Just so, like the emotion when someone dies. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Because when we come back from our break in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the very interesting relationship that the people here in Teotihuacan have with death or the angel of death. Mm -hmm. And it is very beautiful, very empowering, not always easy to swallow for those of us who are super attached to life, which is basically all of us. (laughs) I know that includes me, but this has been, it's been such a profound teaching. So it's interesting that your name even kind of lends itself to being here, like the Dia de los Muertos and the... And just even like allowing what doesn't serve us within us to die. You know, there's a constant death process happening within us when we identify those things that are blocking us and things that we're often so attached to, to let that die, you know, and release it. And there's a grief that often goes along with that. So I have kind of come to accept my last name as part of that facilitating and guidance right for myself and others you know around that process because even like with the dreaming work that I do there's always like let's look at the symbols and the words so grieving isn't just death dying it's like honoring a process when you grieve it's like you're not just saying goodbye it's like there's a there's actually the five stages of grief yeah there's like the it's a process yeah it's a beautiful process that can be completely change your life and give your life more depth and meaning and this is kind of an aside, but at like the roots of the last name Greaves are from the Scottish, apparently, and it's related to Reeve. The Reeve of the Shire is the sheriff. So what Reeves or Greaves means is the keeper of the peace. <laughs> oh, wow. So I kind of think of myself, you know, like to take those two aspects, like I you go it. through that death and grieving process so that you can keep the peace. <laughs> well, the last, the final stage is acceptance. Yeah, acceptance. <laughs> it makes uh, perfect. So, yeah. 
And oh. I just heard this right before we go to break. I'll say this. I just heard this, that the telltale sign, I heard it from two different places, a little different. Telltale sign of enlightenment is calm, calm, kind, and curious. Calm, kind, and interested, interested in people. And then it not, was, an, what's that? And not worrying. Right? Well, the other yeah. one is yeah. that from the Upanishads, it's like the telltale sign of enlightenment is you don't worry. You don't worry, and you, and then as a virtue, by virtue of that, you find yourself amid synchronistic experiences, and by virtue of that, you are living in the miraculous all the time. Mm-hmm. So with that, we'll we'll be right back. We're going to talk more about the angel of death, but don't be scared. We'll be right back in just a few moments here on Ask Doctor Dream on Unity Online Radio. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of the darkness into the light getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. 
go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Unity is proud to announce the first-ever New Thought Walden Awards, honoring 27 leaders who are helping to change the world. Some are well-known, but most are unsung heroes. They care about spirituality, healing, interfaith understanding, caring for the earth, and social activism. Read about them in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine, or go online to waldenawards.com. Congratulations to all. Take a trip with Rev. Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. And if you're just now joining us, I have Nancy T as my co-host. Hi, Nancy T. Hello, Kelly. And we're having a love fest with Emily Greaves, G-R-I-E-V-E-S, <laughs> EmilyKGreaves.com. Emily K. Greaves Art. Art. Ooh, EmilyKGreavesArt.com. And you can go there. Can they see Virgin of Guadalupe, You're one of your paintings there? They can see a lot of my paintings there. Okay. <laughs> but the Virgin of Guadalupe that we've been talking about, there's a detail of her on there. But I'll post uh, um, the full mural also. 
great. Yeah, I don't know that I have it in a visible place, oh, but that I'll be, find it for you. That would be so, so divine. Oh, before, because we've been, I mean, I've got the Hero's Journey thing going on because I've got these cards that just came out, Hero's Journey, Dream Oracle. Maybe we can have you pull one since you are so Ooh. clearly a Shiro hero within <laughs> your hero's quest. So let's... Let's see, they're so beautiful. They're glossy and colorful and luscious. I love the way they feel in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's part of it. Yeah, they feel really, really good. This will be a message for all of us today for how to make the most out of our waking dream today. The return, own your mastery. This is one of the major arcanas of this deck. So this is number four. This is the fourth. This is like the, this is the end stage of the hero's journey. Ding dong. I love that the church bells (laughs) ring here. Own your mastery. Mindfulness. Yes. All the time. So Nancy's going to read it to us. Oh, wow. Maybe I'll borrow your glasses. Yes, borrow, <laughs> borrow away. I hope they work on me. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I can see words. This is great. So the return, own your mastery. Why do you go away so that you can come back? So you can see the place you came from with new eyes and extra colors. And the people there see you differently too. Coming back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. That's by Terry Pratchett. And the message is, it's no longer just about you, but about all who benefit from your story. In your mind's eye, imagine you're delivering a passionate graduation speech to a sea of eager students who are hanging on your every word. You stand at the podium confidently sharing your story, reflecting upon your hero's journey. You reminisce about lessons and blessings learned and earned along the way. Your words become seeds planted in fertile soil in the minds and hearts of all those who are destined to be changed by your wisdom. At some point, you notice you are no longer telling a story about how you found the elixir, but have embodied it. Between words, when you pause for breath, you continue to radiate a life-affirming message that alchemically alters all who are blessed to be in your sphere of influence. Mm The dream symbol is graduation. You've earned a degree of mastery, and it is high time you own it. This dream is shining a bright light on an important rite of passage you're in the midst of. You're crossing from novice to wise one, and you can't go back. It's time to honor where you've been, claim your new identity, and prepare to make a bold leap into the future you've been dreaming of and working toward for so long. You're finally ready. It's your time. And your mantra is, I've graduated from having a story worth telling to embodying the the potency of my story, and it emanates through every cell of my being. That's so perfect for you, Emily. Oh my gosh, it's you. Well, the image is so powerful. Where can people get these cards? Oh, you're so sweet. Um, They can get them on um, anywhere, Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, um, anywhere online, they can go to my website and get a bunch of goodies. The Hero's yeah. Journey Dream Oracle. Well, this card, number four, the return, the image is so powerful because it reminds me of what we were talking about just a little bit ago about dreaming. 
like this kind of dreaming, not the sleeping dream, but the waking dream, because this figure who's kind of swooping in like a swirl of light, this angel being, it's like when we body our angelic selves, Mm -hmm. our angelic truth of our higher self, is looking out on this entire galaxy of possibility where I was talking about the way in which when we dream awake, we're interacting with all of the molecules of light around us, and then we become part of it. We become inseparable. And that's really what this image conveys to me. I know. So, this is perfect. So perfect for what we've been talking about. And she also reminds me of the way you described Guadalupe. When she mm. came to you, she was not telling a story, but she embodied the energy so that you were changed just in the meeting her just in and just even in the saying of her name and that's that's the invitation that's that's what's opening up now I feel like mm. Emily I'm focusing this on Emily like you you becoming the daughter of Guadalupe following in her footsteps where you get mm. to be the one who walks through that threshold and someone some young girls on the other side of that threshold mm. saying oh, mother Mm-hmm. And for so long, you've been the one telling this story and to everyone about her. And and, and you are the story now. Yeah. It's so real. This and is- this is a message for all y'all dreamers <laughs> to just, because it's Einstein said past, present, future, it's all happening simultaneously. So even if you think you're at the very barely beginning of of your stage or of this, of your journey, or if you feel like you're at the end or somewhere in the middle, really past, present, future, it's all at the same time. It's multiple and simultaneous. So you can step into this place where you already embody it even now, even if you feel like, but that's way too ahead of me. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Mm-hmm. It's not if we can see it, then we can be it. It is an aspect of us. So just a matter wow. of claiming it. Yeah. Well, it's so exciting to be able to Pull one of your cards. (laughs) This is your deck, by the way, after we all put our energy on it from the journey. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh, y'all out there, go get this deck of cards. It's beautiful. (laughs) And prepare to read Emily's book on Guadalupe that's going to be coming out soon. We don't know. Guadalupe code? No, I don't know. We'll talk about that. That's going to be in our next show. But okay, so let's let's go into so what so you do the paintings. Let's let's pick up with your journey and and then bring us into like the into mythology the place, of yeah. dreaming heaven, this Teotihuacan. Well, so wherever the, you want the, to. You know, as I as I moved here and began painting, not only this mural of the Virgin of Guadalupe appearing in the columns of a pre-Hispanic temple from two thousand years ago. Um, I really started spending so much time in the pyramids studying the symbolic visual language that still exists there in the form of murals in situ, um, sculpture, like in the site, like not taken out and put somewhere else, like actually still in their original Mm -hmm. environment, Um, which is profound given that these murals are 2,000 years old. you know, there, there, unfortunately, much has been lost, but there's still enough there to give you a sense of what the entire city would have looked like, where today we see stones, they would have all been covered with plaster and fresco. Mm. All their murals were created in, with a fresco technique, um, with pla- fresh plaster and mm. um, 
pigments painted into them and then polished and preserved. Um, then they've withstood the test of time. Um, but really what they are is um, a visual language about dreaming. Um, and it's, I think it's really one of the only ways to understand the murals. Mm -hmm. You know, many people study them, but most of them come more from the archaeological, yes. you know, historical angle. And um, and on some level, the, the bridge to the original wisdom of Teotihuacan has been broken over the, over the centuries. Um, because Teotihuacan was abandoned around the year 800 or so in like mm -hmm. the 9th century. It's still kind of mysterious as to why, but to probably why, overpopulation, yeah. just kind of maxed out the natural resources and how many people the city could support. There were apparently up to 200,000 inhabitants in this little in this area. city, oh yeah, in this valley. Wow. And, um, you know, so that's one of the theories that just, you know, they maxed out the nat natural resources and that over centuries, governments and their visions changed and wasn't any longer in alignment with the original creators of this place. And so things got a little haywire. Mm -hmm. So people went to and established other cities. They went to Tula um, and established a city there. They went down to Xochicalco, where the priests of Quetzalcoatl went. And over time, then eventually, many centuries later, the Aztec came, the Mexica, and incorporated what was left of the teachings. They discovered Teotihuacan mm -hmm. already in ruins, and they're the ones that gave Teotihuacan the name we know it by today, Teotihuacan. Really? That name oh. the Aztec gave him. So nobody actually really knows what the original name of the city was. Really? One theory is that it was Tolan, which is what gave the name to Tula. And Tolan is like based on the Thule reed. So I, it's kind of like the hollow reed, you know, but that's really the concept. So spiritually would make total sense mm -hmm. for the mastery of the teachings of this place, the hollow reed to, to allow, empty out. Yes, empty out, allow, be the fluid vessel, the vessel. Yeah. for the divine. The because all of the images that they created here um, are about like, I mean, they covered every surface from the most mundane, everyday plate to the most majestic pyramid with symbols that would have reminded you of your connection to all things mm. and the divine and all things. Like, give us an example. Like, um, there are a lot of kind of like interlacing lines, look like DNA, mm -hmm. that are about a concept um called Ometeotl, which is the divine energy of duality merging into oneness. Whoa! Yeah. Ometeotl, just the, yeah. the whoa, just that little thing. The yeah. divine energy of duality, duality merging, merging into, into oneness. oneness. And it's the in oneness there was always duality because that's our experience here right. on in this physical reality of separation, but in it is also always inherently the promise of oneness. They're two sides of the same, they're inseparable. So these symbols, you might see them in in which, like I know there's like kind of a four leaf clover looking thing and there's The four petaled flower yes. is also related to that and incidentally also appears on the pregnant belly of the Virgin of Guadalupe. Oh. So it's a symbol that's carried through from ancient times and is can actually be found all around the world. 
I've discovered it in so many places. Um, and it's, it holds really vast teachings. Um, but in a nutshell, it means life. And of course, we can relate it to the four directions, the four seasons, the like the medicine wheel, um, four leaf clover. If you're Irish, like right, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really about balance, and it incorporates ometeotl in it. That that the petals are distinct aspects of ourselves, like the emotional, the mental, the physical, the spiritual. And then wow. it all merges into center. So when I've done sweat lodges, I'm just now putting this uh-huh. together. I hear them say, I thought they always said ometeo, ometeo, but it's ometeotl. Yeah. And they were all, and I thought, and I asked them what that meant. And it was all my relations that that's, and it is, so in that's a another, sense. I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things that it's an ancient teaching that over the centuries has been interpreted in different ways. And yeah, to this day, the Aztec dancers used it as a salute to the directions and, and just in general, like as a all my relations or a salute, a greeting, a bit a blessing, um, but it's it's really vast. And um, one of the things that we can think about in terms of this union and duality and how it relates to um, the four petal flower is that if we imagine that. All is one. In the beginning, we can represent it like a circle. Okay. So one, the one, the one great consciousness or creator who decides in the great universal scheme of things to know itself, to observe itself. So it separates. And we've all seen that symbol of the circle that then there's another circle. And in the center is the, the vesica Pisces or that mandorla shape. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like an almond shape. That's the initial split from one to two. And in the tradition here, they call those two consciousness as masculine and feminine. That's the first split. Ometekutli, the lord of two, and Omesiwatl, the lady of two. I just love so, how you pronounce these words. They're like, <laughs> I know. And they have so many consonants next to each other, but she just does it so it sounds so easy. Ometeotl. Like, like she in, just said cat. Right. <laughs> exactly. She didn't. Well, the, the, la- the language is Nahuatl, which is the indigenous language of this region here in central Mexico. One of the many indigenous languages, but the main one, Nahuatl. And I wish I could do it more honor because it's a poetic, mystical language of dreaming. Mm. Um, but I try for the pronunciation. You do such a great job. Oh. And we didn't even mention really about how you, I think it's just, it was your destiny to be here partly. I mean, you're an intelligent woman. You could probably go anywhere and pick up any language so quickly. But the fact that you got here, didn't speak Spanish and spoke it within almost no time fluently. How long did it take you to like have, be able to say what you needed well, to like, say? Three months, maybe. Oh, And then someone gave me a (laughs) verb conjugation book, and then that helped so much. I (laughs) used that. Because I was just speaking in infinitives and looking up every word in my dictionary for a while. I I really really have to attest to the fact that immersion works. Like when you, you have to, you know. But eat, it, 
buy food. <laughs> like, you know, so it's true. You learn but the it's language such quickly. a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. And I just have to acknowledge you. Okay, so I want to say something. I want you to say mm. something about the the plumed serpent and uh-huh. and Quetzalcoatl. What? And the angel of death. And the angel, angel of death. death. Yeah. Oh, hello. We did say we were going to do that. We did. We have to keep our promises. <laughs> we have to keep our That's promise. one of the four agreements is to be, <laughs> be impeccable, impeccable with, with your word. word. Right. So. Hello, Don Miguel. Let's also give him some. Yeah. Hello, Don, Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz. Ruiz. Author of the Four Agreements and oh, many, many, and many of saying hello back. Saying hello back. <laughs> okay, so you can jump in where you would like, whether Angel of Death or Quetzalcoatl. Do you want me to talk? Let me talk about Quetzalcoatl first, since we're kind of on the whole yes. Ometeotl kick. Yes. Because Quetzalcoatl really is an embodiment of Ometeotl. Quetzalcoatl has three aspects. Um, the feathered serpent is another way to call Quetzalcoatl, it's, or the plumed serpent. The serpent represents the underworld, which is actually the source of all creation. And the aspects of Quetzalcoatl that are the jaguar, which represent the middle world, which is really the world that we live in, like our physical reality, our day-to-day experience. And then there's the eagle who represents the upper world or the celestial realms who flies above all the drama of the middle world without being attached to it. Like a, like a witness, you know, the highest evolution of consciousness. Um, This is why when we dream about flying, it's usually like symbolic of you remembering your enlightened angelic aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And so Quetzalcoatl merges all of this together, like in an Mm -hmm. axis and in that axis are also all the petals. So it's like really the center of the four-petal flower. So you can imagine like this serpent just flying from the earth straight up to the sky and then back down again like a pillar of light. Mm. And that there's this capacity to come into balance around that axis and feel it within ourselves. That's really what Quetzalcoatl is about and why he, she, because mm-hmm. a lot of people refer to Quetzalcoatl as, as masculine. Right. My experience is he, she, both, all. There is no separation. For this time in our lives in this yeah. 21st yeah. century where my niece is now my nephew and the gender fluid thing and I'm yeah. having to get my pronouns all and, and it's kind of like either. they and it's like perfect. Yeah, it's, and it really is. I mean, the 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 they've discovered... Um, the archaeologist Sergio Gomez has discovered this cave under the very center of the pyramid of Quetzalcoatl here in Teotihuacan, a tunnel in a cave. And all the indications are that it was really dedicated 100% to the feminine. And there was one masculine figure who's coming as an initiate to learn from the feminine wisdom keepers and keepers of the magic and the divination of the place. And it's really like in the in the mythology, the, the place out of which all creation arises out of the underworld. If you imagine like a womb under the earth and that that womb is where there are energetic divine beings, goddesses, if you will, who keep the entire order of the cosmos in alignment and out of that give birth to the world we live in mm. and then into the celestial realms. Um, the the Quetzalcoatl as an avatar for Teotihuacan is really like the promise of that and really the promise of the return of the light there was an association with Quetzalcoatl with a morning star mm. Venus 
And the morning stars, that first little bright light on the horizon at dawn, Mm. and then that heralds the rising of the sun. So it's like the promise of the return of the light Mm. that we each hold that promise with, you know, we have that promise and we can live into that so that the, the, uh, one of my teachers, Annie Fuller, always said, do you want to become enlightened? Lighten up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. So it's like that. It's like lighten up and the light will shine. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so we have about a minute remaining here. We've got to mention the angel of death. death. (laughs) We can talk about her. We're going to, you can also find out more about Emily Greaves besides her website, emilykgreaves.com. Oh, EmilyKGreavesArt.com. But we're also, she's also going to be on the other show um, with me. We'll be talking about Guadalupe, and we can say more. We can bring in some of um, the Angel of Death there, since we didn't get to say much, but say something here. So the Angel of Death is is the idea that life is on loan to us, and that the Angel of Death is always walking just behind our left shoulder, always there almost like a guide, but really as a reminder to know, so that we live life to the fullest, knowing that in any moment she could reclaim us and take us back into source. And so if we walk with that, that awareness that she's always there, oh. then we can make different decisions. We can really be more mindful about what are we doing with this gift of life we've received, because it's a gift that she's given us. And so to really live it as fully as we possibly can, it's so helpful to imagine that she's always just right there. You know, not as a scary thing. I feel, to me, her energy is so much like the Divine Mother, you know, who's Mm. given birth to us and in any moment can take us back into her bosom. Right. And um, so it's a different way of living life with that awareness of death being constantly present. Right. Um, it's more motivational and yeah, celebratory. Yeah, celebratory. Even. Like, what a gift we've been given. Let's use it to the max. Let's give gratitude for it. Emily K. Greaves, <laughs> Art, Nancy, and I love you so much. Thank and we you. all do. Thank you so much for being so powerful and sharing your amazing story. So find out more about her. Go to her website. Buy her art. Come to Teotihuacan. And until we all meet again, don't take your dreams lying down. Sweet, sweet dreams. Thank Bye-bye. you. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. 
And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.